so easy. I can't even introduce I know, us. you always ruin the opening. I know, it's always. Who are you? Who am I? What are we doing here? <laughs> you know, the real existential <laughs> questions. Let me just calm it down. Take a puff, sister. <laughs> I've already had, had enough bacon. Okay, here we go. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of... Here she goes. Oh, <laughs> Bravo. Thank you. I love it. I'm your host, Sally, and I have my wonderful friend, Sarah, here again, chatting to me about the big issues, the cutting edge voice of reason that didn't make any sense well that's me so what are you <laughs> uh your honey voiced radio host <laughs> honey voiced. Yeah. um yeah today we're talking about politics so it's a really serious serious issue uh it's going to be a serious episode we're not going to be laughing about anything it's just going to be okay. Yeah, it's just going to be all serious stuff. So, actually, Sarah, uh, while you were lying in bed all day yesterday, <laughs> I managed to snag an interview with Sally Rugg, um, who is a prominent lesbian in the community. Um, she, I believe, is the face of marriage equality. Uh, the whole campaign. She was out there yelling and screaming at people. She wasn't yelling and screaming. Yeah, um, so yeah. bad characterization. <laughs> she doesn't yell and scream at people. Um, no, she's actually really smart and she can talk to people and actually make a, a point unlike me. Um, so I interviewed her yesterday. You make a point, just no one wants to hear it. Yeah, pretty much. Well, that's true. Yeah, you're right. You've really got me. <laughs> you're always right. <laughs> You've Say got it. me really Say pegged. It. Say it. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> uh, no, so I, I managed to snag an interview with her Um and she was great. Uh, it's pretty much one of my first interviews with people. Um, and so, uh, just listen along. Uh, just forgive me uh, when you're listening. Uh, the, the thing I did and do want to point out, I found out she's not a fan of Drag Race. Of course, I wanted to end the interview immediately. Um, of course, I didn't. Uh, no, she's not a fan of Drag Race, but that's all right. We found other stuff to talk about. Um, so, yeah, actually... Please enjoy. Yeah, you decide for yourself. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm absolutely honoured that you're um, letting me talk to you today. Um, so I just kind of wanted to know, how did you become the face of the whole marriage equality movement in Australia? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I would say I was the face of the whole marriage equality movement <laughs> in Australia. <laughs> um, so I don't know. You tell me. Uh, You're I everywhere. Think, You're everywhere. So. <laughs> I mean, uh, like I was fortunate enough I just have a really great job, to be honest. Like, I was fortunate enough to uh, get the job at GetUp, which uh, allowed me to, um, like, if you're not familiar with GetUp as an organisation, we're, um, like, member-powered, so we have hundreds of thousands of ordinary people who, like, um, donate for campaigning work, essentially, and they volunteer and they do all sorts of stuff. So because of, like, uh, being able to, I suppose, serve the GetUp membership, 
um, I was, you know, able to do the activism that I also really care about. So that was one thing. Um, yeah, and I suppose just doing that for many years and, and kind of taking every opportunity I could to, I suppose, use the tools I had, um, which was like being able to speak about things or write about things and taking every opportunity to to do that, I suppose. Um Maybe, maybe that's the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're pretty good at social media marketing uh, as well, I heard. Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah, like I love a tweet. Yeah. Um, love a video. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, those that, that It's Time video went viral, didn't it? Like it was crazy. Yeah, I mean... I've got to be honest, I didn't make that video, that one. <laughs> <Full disclosure. laughs> that, one that one came out in 2011 and yeah. I just started get up till um, right at the beginning of 2013. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, I will take credit for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So well done on that. Thanks so much. <laughs> um, so now that we have marriage equality, um, are we just all sitting back now and relaxing because we've just we've done everything we should? Oh, like absolutely not. I mean, in terms of... Um, it's a funny question because, like, the campaigning for LGBTI rights and justice is, um, this is like, multi-pronged and has been running for decades, generations. Um, and marriage equality was a huge part of the sort of, um, you know, cam- campaigning for rights in the last maybe 10 years, 5 to 10 years. But while that was happening, like, sure, it got a lot of mainstream media attention, but, like, other extraordinary campaigns for um, trans rights and for, um, you know, justice for intersex people and um, all sorts of other um, uh, sort of, like, progress in policy and in law and in social um, standing and all this sort of stuff has kind of happened concurrently. So... It's, it's not as if the work is just one track linear yeah. thing where it's like, great, we've got marriage quality. Now the next step, um, like the, the work is already being done and there's already like incredible leaders across the movement. Um, and so a lot of people who, um, including myself, who were working on the marriage equality campaign have just kind of continued to plug in behind some of that work. Um, there's also a, like a few technicalities with marriage equality that means it's not yet entirely legal like it's not like we don't have entirely equal marriage rights just yet okay. and that's because there's there's this little um piece in the law before we had marriage equality um there's this piece in the law that affected transgender people who were married and so if a trans person wanted to affirm their gender on their birth certificate or their documents or anything like that they would have to get divorced because it was illegal for mm. you know same-sex people to be married yeah. so with the federal law passing, that's been fixed, but it's a, a weird complication means that now the states have to enact it, and some of the states are kind of dragging their heels. They've got 12 months to do it, but um, so there's just kind of little bits and pieces like that that we're still pushing for and still making sure that the states, you know, pass that legislation as quickly as possible so um, trans people can get the, you know, the documents that they should have without having to divorce their spouses. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's crazy, isn't it? Like it's a crazy it's crazy for me to think that this was we're still fighting for this kind of stuff. Mm, yeah, absolutely, but that's that's the law for you. It's already yeah, tricky. Yeah. Um so when I was doing some research, I sort of thought in my head the next steps would be like easier gender changes on birth certificates. 
um, and preventing unnecessary surgery on intersex children? Like I think that's the kind of the, the way that we'd be going now. I mean, absolutely, but I mean, I, I suppose my point is, is the, the, that work has already been happening for years, so it's not as if someone like me will then sort of jump ship to begin that work. Like That work is already um, being fought and won by incredible trans and intersex activists. Um, yeah, so I, like I entirely agree that there are still, like those issues are really urgent and really pressing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm, like my hope is that a lot of the public energy, the, the public support for marriage equality, um, will will sort of plug in behind those issues as well. And, and that's the work of all LGBTI rights campaigners to try to like channel that energy, I suppose. Yeah, and so it kind of like it's it is so political, isn't it? Like, and I mean, even recently, I want to sort of get your opinion on the um, prominent members of Parliament uh, raising the discussion about things like gay conversion therapy. And sort of when I think about that sort of stuff, it is it is all very political and I think it's really important that people get behind this sort of stuff and, and have knowledge about what's actually going on. Mm, I mean, it's, it's hard, right? Like, because, because we shouldn't have to. Like, mm, yeah. just because you're gay or trans or whatever, you shouldn't have to be forced into this position where you have to advocate for you and your mates mm, um yeah. it's it's kind of it's quite unfair actually um and i suppose it's not just with um lgbti people it's any people from a marginalized community who are forced into position where they have to yeah. you know fight for their rights um but yeah and like in particular the postal survey last year like the, the queer community at large didn't want a national vote on our rights we didn't want to be forced into a position where we'd have to ask our family members to vote yes yeah. we'd want to have to go into work every day um and have it be a topic of conversation and you know i mean i love politics and i uh you know i'm involved in all sorts of political stuff outside of queer um issues yeah. but a lot of people don't want to talk like they don't want to have to campaign for their lives they just want to <laughs> just be able to exist <laughs> yeah. and have their rights um so it's a bit of a bind really yeah it's interesting I have a six-year-old daughter and my concern about that whole uh postal survey was what the kids at school would say to her about me um mm. you know and so that that was my real concern there and I hated that every day I was wondering what would happen at school um, with with that. So it was, yeah, it was, it was a pretty crazy time, I think. Yeah, it was an awful time. And, like, personally, I... And actually, I mean, this anecdote, I think, has been reflected in certainly everybody I know and I think is, you know, near universal, um, perhaps. But, like, I knew that the postal survey was going to be hard and I knew that it was going to be difficult um, and emotional, but I really didn't expect just how knocked around by it I would be and like I didn't expect how much it would get under my skin and get into my head and it was and like I do this for a living and um you know have the the privilege of a platform to you know talk about my distress or talk about why this is wrong or you know and I'm surrounded by really supportive people and I found it extremely difficult um and it just, you know, there are so many, and even now I'm, I'm telling you this story about how I felt, there are so many people who weren't able to voice that distress and or they voiced their distress um, and perhaps even their ongoing distress and it, it, it's not heard, you know. The, the citizenry have moved on. We got the yes vote, mic off we go, but 
actually our community, um, certainly from where I'm sitting, are still like kind of um, like traumatized, yeah. which is quite a strong word. But like, no, I think it's true. Know. I think we're still recovering. Like, yeah, I know. Even when I found out the what the vote was, I was in the train on my way to work and. I didn't think it would affect me as much as it did, but I cried on the train because um, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, my God, like I don't even know what those tears were. Relief, <laughs> happiness, like everything. And I know at work I work with uh, a couple of other LGBT people and we all just hugged. Like it was just mm-hmm. – and it wasn't a big celebratory moment. Like it was, but we just kind of hugged it out like, okay, cool. Like It was incredibly bittersweet. Yeah. I mean, for me when the law changed in Parliament, that was – on like the best moment of my whole life and I'm not being hyperbolic like I was incredible but hearing the yes vote come through on November 15th wasn't that feeling like it was overwhelming relief and also like a lot of anger actually which I at the time didn't really I couldn't put my finger on I suppose but on reflection I was angry like I, I mean the result was great we won it was a great number blah 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 but I was angry that we had been the community but also the nation had been forced into this really artificial um and constructed drama I suppose like yes. oh, we're gonna win won't we win like oh thank god we have won like yay we should all be cele- like celebrating and be grateful but I didn't feel grateful I felt angry yeah I know what you mean and even now I find it difficult to even talk about it still because I'm like this is ridiculous rubbish like mm. yeah and and I still feel that I know a friend of mine on Facebook um had said during she's she's straight and she said during the campaign you know, like was was sort of going on about it, like how bad it was and all that. And I ended up writing and I said, you know, it is awful and it is terrible, but at the moment we have two choices, like you either do it or you don't. Yeah, exactly. It's forced to be political even if you don't want to. Absolutely. And it's just, yeah, you know, and I think in the end it was just I just have to do it. Like it's I'm so angry about having to actually post this off. But you know, it'll it'll go down in history, I guess, is something yeah. pretty crazy. But yeah, so what do you think about all this gay conversion therapy stuff that's going on at the moment? Well, I mean, so gay conversion therapy, it's described by the United Nations as torture. Yeah. It's it's literally um, not only does it not work, it's total quackery, um, but it's the the motivation behind the quackery is really dangerous because what it's what it's saying is that gay people can and should be fixed so they can be counselled or um, sort of, um, you know, therapized, therapified, I don't know what the <laughs> word is. Um, you know, they, they can and should be fixed. Um, so there's that. But also people who have gone through conversion therapy um, are left, like, completely traumatised. Like, it's really bad for people. Like, it's not just an abstract conceptual concern Mm. it's actually really dangerous particularly for young people because you can't you you can't change your sexuality like you you can't and and you shouldn't have to and so people who've gone who've been put through conversion therapy so to speak um suffer some really extraordinary terrible mental health outcomes and um you know are are traumatized by this process but so so that's that, but the people talking about it within the Liberal Party, it's it's funny because 
they're they're really like fringe party members. Yeah. Um, and uh, the I think it's the the head of the New South Wales Liberal, Liberal Party actually came out and was like, no, 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 this is nonsense. Like it's not a mainstream view. Yeah. Um, I haven't spoken to every member of the federal Liberal Party, but it would really surprise me if more than a handful supported it. And the people who did would be the usual suspects who say things like, you know, gay couples are the same as cycling buddies. You know, like it's <laughs> it's, it's a really I, I don't I don't think it represents mainstream uh, liberal large L liberal views. Um, and I think like, the, the reason it's popping up in the media is because of these sort of fringe people expressing fringe views, and it's getting a run, I think, because people are still interested in um, discussions around LGBTI rights because we've just had this big poster survey. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, normally comments like this would just be, I think, shrugged off. Yeah, um, okay. And sorry, it's the Victorian Liberals, not the New South Wales Liberals. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's really horrible. And so I've just started as the executive director of Change.org. We've got a huge petition running at the moment. There's a guy called Chris who is um, running a, like a proactive campaign because people are – politicians and party members are talking about conversion therapy. He wants the federal government to um, like explicitly outlaw it. So make it completely illegal. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so that petition's pretty big on Change.org. I think it's uh, Change.org slash – conversion therapy, I think. Okay, yeah, I'll put a link to it on the website. I think I got the email the other day, actually, so... Yeah, great. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, basically, that was all the kind of political stuff that I wanted to go into you with, um, but I just kind of wanted to ask you some other questions. Is that all right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I just wanted to... Uh, well, first of all, do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race? I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know what's wrong with me because I can't get into it. Oh like, I God. watch it and I'm like, this is fine but I don't know I can't I can't get there but yeah. all my like my friends love it and I appreciate that it's great but when I watch it I just there's I don't know there's something missing for me can't right. get there yeah so yeah okay well that's all right then that's all right so um are you gonna take away my gay card <laughs> well I don't know I'm gonna I'm gonna put it to the committee um <laughs> yeah <'cause, laughs> Because, well, yeah, I don't know if I should just stop the interview now because um, I don't think I have anything else. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, no. So I was going to wonder because we did an episode a couple of weeks back on gays on film mm-hmm. and I was going to see what, what your, what your favourite gay movie was, your favourite gay character. Yeah. I mean, so my favourite gay character I think would have to be um, Lee Shang from Mulan. He's the soldier yeah. who falls in love with Mulan when Mulan is dressed up as a boy He's soldier a boy. and goes to war. Mulan is just objectively the best movie. So that's <laughs> like, just the starters. Um, but I just love Li Shang. You know, he's so, like, he's got all these expectations from his father. He's got to be, like, running the best, um, you know, military unit in China. Um, but he's not very good and he has this hodgepodge of useless soldiers. And then there's this, like, beautiful young soldier who he, like, I mean, it's a Disney, Charles Disney movie. Yeah. But you can read between the lines. Yeah. Um, and he, like, falls in love with this soldier and he's so confused about it. But And then he still <laughs> loves Mulan when she comes out as a woman. You know, he's, uh, he's just, like, this beautiful bisexual yeah. guy struggling with masculinity. Um, yeah, he's my favourite. Yeah, that's an incredible answer. I did not expect <laughs> you to say Mulan. So, <laughs> yeah, kudos to you. That's great. 
Um, but yeah, so do you have like a favorite, like, uh, I guess, lesbian movie, like favorite lesbian kiss or anything like that? You- Milan? No, wait. Uh- <laughs> See, I always go for Carol. Um, that movie just like blew my mind. Mm, I liked Carol. I don't. I don't actually watch a lot of movies, but I have seen Carol, and I like that. I really like the film The Hours, which is quite. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's not new anymore. Um, yeah, so I suppose. I mean, that's I suppose a lesbian movie. I really liked that film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is a good. That is a good lesbian film. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's all. Now that you don't like Drag Race, I don't think we've got anything to talk about. <laughs> I'm absolutely kidding. Absolutely kidding. I think that's it. I don't want to keep you too long, but thank you so much for um, chatting to me. My absolute pleasure. Um. Susie, she was pretty terrific in that interview. Yes. I think Milan was a really great. (laughs) That was. Yeah, I would never have thought that. I never would have brought that up. I tried to really squeeze in Carol there. Don't you always, though? I do. God, I love nobody that. Nobody wants film. to hear about it anymore. And when I say nobody, I mean me. <sighs> God, if anyone actually wants to see my Carol collage, just go to the website, look at Gaze Your on Carol film. Shrine. <laughs> like your little Buddhist I've got thing. photos of my spare room. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. I, I, I just put together a little. No, color. I don't, really. <laughs> Stay out of that room! <laughs> Don't go in there. Uh, no, I put just put together a little collage on the uh, Gaze on Film page um, just for people's enjoyment and and all my enjoyment. So, yeah, that page has had a lot of hits, so mainly from inside the house. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's some great photos there if you want to see them. Anyway, great interview. Um, I think she brings up the valid point for me and what I really took from that uh, is that we're forced to be political. Mm. So we don't get to just live our lives. We have to fight for our rights. Like, yeah. You know, we've got marriage equality now, so you think, oh, God, let's just sit back and relax. But you can't no. because there's so much other stuff that needs to happen. Because there's an opposition to you. There has always been a Christian opposition to that. And it doesn't mean that that goes away just because that's been done. I know, like, it's just crazy to me. Like, so now we're, like, fighting more for trans rights. We're fighting for intersex rights, for kids who are born intersex not to be forced into operations, like, Mm. to be able to make decisions for themselves when they're older, which actually makes sense. And then you've got the Liberal Party banging on about gay conversion Mm. therapy when my only ever interaction with gay conversion therapy was But I'm a Cheerleader. Great movie. Also has Rapal in it. Pretty much winning. Do you like that movie? What movie? Look <laughs> um, how you like. I haven't seen it, but I'm We've watched it together. Have we? Huh. Okay. Well, that. I don't know. It was the early this friendship? It was the early two thousands. I don't remember a lot of what I was doing back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, judging from your coming out story, that was the alcohol. <laughs> Um, you're probably right though. Um, that was the only interaction I've ever had with that. And then I'm reading in the news about these poor people who are being shown videos of like gay sex and then being electroshocked after it, like to try and make them not be gay. Are people insane? Like, is this just me? Like people are insane if they think that 
that can work. And like she said, it's total quackery. Like, mm. absolutely. I agree. So, okay, so even just male acts of homosexuality, we hadn't cleared all that up mm. until 2004. Yeah. It's unbelievable. 1972, an academic, a gay academic, was thrown into the friggin' Torrens River by the police. This is crazy. Mm. It's, it's all this stuff, marriage equality, the most recent thing that we've had to deal with. Yeah. Horrendous. It's just one mm. thing after the other. Mm. You've got, you know, like really hard gender swaps on birth certificates. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it wasn't until Julia Gillard that she brought in the, the third box, like for gender, on passports and stuff. But that wasn't a Julia Gillard initiative realistically that was done while kevin rudd was foreign minister okay. and that was something he more championed As, and it was pushed a lot by um activists including stephanie imbruglia who is yeah. actually natalie imbruglia's cousin mm. uh, she's a trans woman in sydney who i've met um so yes it uh but the other thing was there had been uh, the ability for people to choose their gender if they were transgendered. And that was yep. brought in by Bill Hayden, who was a Labor foreign minister, I believe, because he um, had friends who were in that situation, so it had opened his eyes to that mm. difficulty. And I will just say I'm pretty sure it was under the Liberal Party that the Howard years that the changes were reverted back and it made it difficult. And the reason that uh, I'm aware of the situation, especially with passports, is it's something that I had to go through. And I'm yeah, quite right. glad that it was sorted out by the time I had transitioned and I got a passport and six months later was going to travel to Europe yeah. because it's a safety issue. Yeah, now go into this because I, I understand this. I mean, I'll use the perspective that it started with, with Stephanie. Um, she actually was travelling to Thailand for her gender surgery. Mm. What they do at Thai airports is you actually go through customs in a gender Separated, line. Separated, yeah. So if she had an M on her passport, even though she's presenting as a woman... She would have to go into that line. How mortifying and uncomfortable going to a foreign country as it is and having to deal with that. Yeah. I find airports scary enough. Mm. Without having to be without having a to, target on your back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I thought it was it did make me feel so much more comfortable in travelling. Yeah. And you didn't have any trouble? Absolutely none. Yeah. Jeez, that's a relief. My grandmother, on the other hand, <laughs> um, she needed to take her shoes off at <laughs> Singapore Airport, which she would not willingly do. I'm just like, take her away. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Grandma. Bye. <laughs> Should have taken them off, sister. Sorry, why wouldn't she take them off? She's an 80-odd-year-old woman. Cantankerous. Yeah. But the fact that we're even still fighting for that stuff is really annoying. Like even the, the age of consent for anal sex, 
And that's only recently in some parts. But I parts. will just say, mm. even though it overwhelmingly would affect that, the law is sodomy. Yeah. Sodomy is also anal penetration of a woman. It's not like it was specifically gender focused. The law was sodomy. Yeah, but I guess, you know, at the end of the day too, people are saying this is affecting... Oh, I understand that. And I'm not saying there shouldn't have been an equalisation, but I do think it's maybe lost a little in discussion that it's not like it was specifically saying men can't have anal sex, Mm. but heterosexual people can. Do you think, though, like, sometimes I feel like it just gets too much. Like, you turn on the news... Look, actually, I don't turn on anything. I look online, um, so I'm not turning on the 6 o'clock news at night. But, you know, like you get marriage equality and then all of a sudden there's frigging talk of gay conversion therapy. Like it's never just enough. Like there's always somebody having a go, like having a crack at it. Like why aren't these people just like, just let sleeping dogs lie? Like... Is it, just, is it always going to be a fight? Will we always be fighting politicians for equal rights and reminding them that this is part of our lifestyle? Or, But let's look at how politics is. Look at what politics does and what our governments do. For as much as they should be proactive in their policies and their decisions, they're reactive Mm. and that is in all senses it's like the worst workplace ever i reckon well i don't know that but what i'm saying well i'm making a statement okay that's what it is it's the worst workplace okay move on (laughs) um you know another thing that really bothers me um in the queer history of fighting for our rights Mm. um is the gay panic defense Mm. atrocious now, I know that Queensland have just abolished it. Just. But I tell you what, can you even imagine, you know, yeah, I killed him, but he hit on me, and that's worse. And it- but it's outrageous. I don't know. We seem to be trying to allow people to have their justifications and... Luckily, a lot of laws are coming in now where that's not being given the opportunity, much like the gay panic defence. Um, but also one punch laws and things like that. We're not excusing those things anymore because they were excused. Oh, he was too drunk. Really? That's an excuse? Mm. Why isn't the point that he got drunk of his own volition and this is a consequence of his actions? Why isn't he judged on that? Why is there an excuse? Why is there a defence for that? And we've said that's just not acceptable anymore. We're just saying to these things now, we don't tolerate this. Well, that's been an interesting chat today. It really has. I think it can be... I mean, there are so much... There is so much that you can explore on the topic and I think we've just really just given some personal opinions and run over it. Yeah. Um, But I would love to go into it further. Um, 
with you and with some other people as well mm. so stay tuned everyone because i'm gonna kind of try and get to the bottom of of what it what the deal is with politics in australia and what the deal is with lgbtqia did i say that right yeah politics good sometimes Are i you included i i didn't yeah um <laughs> but yeah and, and all that stuff that involves this our community because it is it is exhausting um and so again i'm going to say to people that if you are still feeling a bit down uh, from the postal survey um you can look on the website and there's a need support section on the the web page and you can click in there and you can find support all kinds of support um but if you are still feeling a little bit down about it um and you don't have anybody to talk to it's probably a good idea to actually try and and talk to somebody um and just get your feelings out and stuff because it was it, it was an exhausting process mm. and it was degrading and humiliating in a way just so yeah definitely don't don't hesitate to to grab some support that's fine yeah thanks sarah thanks sally see you next time huh see ya